Well, praise the Lord. Sunday's coming. Let's press on to know the Lord today. Press into his word, and I trust you can receive the word of the Lord today. Title, Sunday's Coming. Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. Scripture says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Remember the Sabbath day was written to the Old Covenant people of God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to keep it separate unto the Lord your God. Ten commandments were given to Israel at Mount Sinai. The first four were Godward. The last six were manward, the working out of the righteousness of the law. And Jesus reduced the Ten Commandments to two commandments in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Ten Commandments reduced to two. The whole Word of God reduced to two commandments. Perfect love for God and proper love for man. Jesus said on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, the entire Word of God. The end of the commandment, the Apostle Paul said, is agape, is love. So we have these commandments of the Lord. It's commandment to serve the Lord. God set in motion that his people would rest and revive themselves, refresh themselves, and renew themselves in him one day out of seven. It would be a day specially set apart to the Lord. Let's understand that this was a creation mandate before it became a law to the old covenant people. The Genesis 2 says that the Lord created the heaven and the earth in six days, and on the seventh he rested. He ended all his work in six days, and on the seventh, he rested. And I think it's safe to say that that creation mandate continued down for the next 2,500 years through Adam down to Moses, 2,500 years, that the people of God one day a week rested, served the Lord, set their hearts toward God, and then came the days of Moses, 1500 B.C., the Old Covenant was set in motion, and God entrenched a certain day in Israel. The Sabbath, Sabbath simply means rest. But he chose that day Saturday for his Old Covenant people, and on that day there were ceremonies and protocols and rituals. And under the Old Covenant, the people of God were required to set apart the Sabbath day, remember the Sabbath day, that it is holy, separated to the Lord. They were to do no work. Their cattle were to rest. Their servants were to rest. It was a day unto the Lord. When the resurrection of Christ took place, or with the resurrection of Christ, and we know that the old covenant economy, 
the Mosaic institution and administration was set aside with all its ceremony, with all its duty and ordinances, and that the New Covenant Church began to meet on the first day of the week, wherever it was permitted and where it was possible. And so it wasn't anymore the legalism of a day, you have to keep a Saturday, but now it was still a day of the week where the people of God would rejoice in the Lord and serve the Lord. And we can find record of that in Acts 20, verse 7. It says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, the first day of the week, Sunday, in honor of the Lord's resurrection, it's like the Sabbath passed away and it was ended, along with the ceremonial law, and now there was a new day, and it was Sunday, as much as was possible and permitted in the Roman Empire and in the various, various districts and administrations. Paul says, now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, or Luke wrote that, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. So we note the first day of the week, Sunday. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 the Apostle Paul instructed on the first day of the week, Sunday, Resurrection Day, celebration of Jesus Christ. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. Let there be no collections when I come. He was speaking of the offerings for certain churches, tithes and offerings, giving unto the Lord. On the first day of the week, let each of you lay aside none it says, are to appear before the Lord empty. We honor God with our finances. We honor God with our lives. So we see the first day of the week, it seems, was the chosen day. And then we find in Revelation 1.10, the Apostle John, this is the first time the Lord's Day is used in, we could say, some official way. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The first day of the week, Sunday, now called specifically by John at the end of his life, it was, became known as the Lord's Day. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, God says, and let the message of my word be heard. The trumpet, the inspiration, the prophetic voice, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. John was in the Spirit on Sunday. He was, uh, he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, off the coast of Asia Minor. He was the apostolic leader of the churches of Asia Minor, and his heart would have been with the believers there. He knew they were gathering where they could to seek the Lord and celebrate the day the great Lord's Day, but he was in the spirit on the Isle of Patmos. His heart was united with them. He couldn't be with them directly, but he was with them in spirit. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. Are you in the spirit on the Lord's Day? Wow, is it wonderful when you're lifted up and filled with the spirit on the Lord's Day? It's tough when you have a hangover in the flesh on Sunday morning, tired and weary, not prepared for the Lord's day. That's tough in the house of God. 
That's tough in the physical. It's tough on the emotions. It's tough in the mind. But when we prepare, like John did, he said, I was prepared. Sunday was coming. Sunday's coming. And he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was rested. My spirit was alive. My heart was focused. I was drawing in to the presence of the Lord. And I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet. I heard the voice of the Lord. Listen, if we will prepare ourselves, we will hear the voice of the Lord. We will get a word from God in this house. We will hear his inspiration. If we prepare ourselves, we will hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us, directing us beyond the message during the message, in the message, but God will be speaking to us as people. Luke 23, 54. Let's lift this verse out of its context and simply enjoy it for what it is. Luke 23, 54. That day was the preparation, and Sunday drew near. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. The people of God in Old Testament times and in the days prior to the cross and the resurrection of Christ, the people of God would prepare as the Sabbath drew near. I believe it's the wisdom of God that we set our hearts to preparation as we come to Sunday. The reason why some believers get so little out of a Sunday service is they're not prepared. They're simply not prepared. But if we will prepare ourselves, if we will be ready, we will receive the reward of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so we thank God for one day out of seven. We thank God for creation mandate. We thank God for Sunday. There's no specific day mandated under the new covenant. But still one day in seven is the creation mandate from the beginning of time. I was in a country in the Middle East a few years ago, and that nation celebrates or observes a certain religion. Friday is the day where they observe that religion across the entire country. And so you know what the Christians do, and there are some wonderful churches there. The Christians say, we're going to meet on Fridays. We're going to take advantage of that day. That is our day for the Lord. And they meet, and they worship, and they celebrate, and they're under the Word of God. It's not the day under the New Covenant, but it is the spirit and liberty, and there should be one day out of seven. I thank the Lord that the Lord's Day act through the Christian world and Christendom has come down to us to this day. That there still is one day out of seven that is honored in our nation. And even though there's different views on it and employments and business have taken over once again, yet for the people of God, as they can, this is the day we worship. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Sunday's coming. Number one, go up to the testimony of Israel, the Word of God. On Sunday, go up to the testimony, which is the Word of God. Psalm 122, 1-4, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. 
The people are tight in unity. The people are fervent. They're one in spirit. They're of one accord. They're of one mind to serve the Lord. It's built as a city that is compact together. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel. The testimony of Israel, the testimony in Scripture is the Word of God, the Bible. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is wise, or is right, making wise the simple. It's sure. It makes wise the simple. The people went up to the testimony of the Lord. The tabernacle in the Old Testament was called the tabernacle of the testimony because in it was held the Word of God. The testimony is the, is the Word of God. And so Sunday's coming, and we know where we're going. We're going up to the presence of the Lord. We're going up to hear the Word of the Lord. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. And with many other words, Peter testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the teaching of the word of God by the mouth of the apostles, the early apostles, the preachers and teachers in Jerusalem. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. We need to not only be saved from sin, we need to be continually saved from this twisted, ungodly, perverse, and crooked generation. And so we must be under the word of God. They continued steadfastly. Peter said to them, save yourselves from this twisted generation. And the way they did it, they got involved under the Word of God. They came and sat under the apostles' teaching. They came for fellowship. They came for prayers. They came to seek the Lord together. And they were delivered from the perverse generation. They continued steadfastly. Seven times in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, to each of the churches, the Word was, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The Holy Spirit speaks to the churches. Now, we can get fed privately, of course, and we do. We receive from the Lord as we read his scriptures and study them in private time. But there is an outstanding word from the Lord that you can only get in his house. There's a revelation that God saves for his house and his house alone. And we must go up to the testimony of Israel. I want to embolden your hearts today in the midst of a casual Christian culture. I want to strengthen your faith. I want to build you up this morning and confirm your faith that God wants us in the house of the Lord. God wants us to be part of a church. God wants us to be in the gathering of the saints. Some today are so ill-informed. Some Christians today are so ill-informed that they don't even know what a church is because there has been an attack to demoralize and bring down and demean the corporate gathering, so much so that many believers today don't even feel they need to go. 
to be part of a church, to be part of the house of God. They will walk with God on their own and seek their own revelation. God has called his people together. Whither the tribes go up to the testimony of Israel to seek the way of the Lord. Isaiah 1.3 says, The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, its place of feeding. But Israel does not know, God said, My people, further, he said, do not consider. He said, My people do not know. My people do not consider. There are some today who don't know where they're expected to be. They don't know where they're supposed to be. They don't have their place in the house of God, in the gathering of the saints, in the congregation of the Lord. God says, my people do not know. But further, he said, my people do not consider. That is, they don't even want to talk about it. They don't even want to talk about their church attendance. They get a little testy when you mention it. Well, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within your gates, O city of God, the beautiful city of God's Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. Joshua said, if you don't want to serve the, if you don't want to serve the Lord, choose your own gods. But as for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. We will serve the Lord of hosts. Sunday's coming. Let's go up to the testimony of Israel, the word of God in his house. Number two, make his praise glorious, and you do. Make his praise glorious. Psalm 122, 3 to 4, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the word of God, and to give thanks to the name of the Lord. The people go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. They go up to Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the church of the living God, the spiritual city of God. That day was the preparation, and Sunday drew on. Preparing ourselves to come into the house of the Lord, to worship with all our hearts, to give ourselves fully to the Lord in every dimension. Make his praise glorious, the Bible says. Make his praise glorious. There are nine praise and worship expressions. We are to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. There's worship warfare that we are to be involved in, magnifying the name of the Lord. We kind of discussed it at one of the last CTI meetings. Decided we need at least a 40-minute worship service to get through everything we need to do. We need some time to get the sacrifice on the altar. We need time to praise the Lord fully and properly. I mean, bowing and kneeling and clapping and dancing and lifting hands and proclaiming the name of the Lord and the wave offering and the heave offering and treading down our enemies and dancing on injustice, treading the grapes so the new wine will flow and the joy of the Lord will be in our hearts. I mean, this takes time. It takes time for the incense to rise off the hot coals of the altar of our heart. 
It takes time to worship the Lord. It takes time to prepare and give a proper sacrifice unto the Lord. And so we're involved. My, we're busy. When it comes to the praise and worship service, we're busy because we have so many things to do to respond properly to our God and worship him in the way that he ordained and that he set forth in his scriptures. Make his praise glorious. While some people are looking at their watch, others are running out of time. 2 Samuel 6, 14. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod, a garment of righteousness and purity and holiness and cleanness before the Lord. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me to rule over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music. He said, I will play before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble, humble in my own sight. But as for the maids, for the servants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore I play music before the Lord. I'll even be more undignified than this, David said. I'm going to abandon myself even more, Michael. Spouse, wife, Michael, you're not going to hold me back and intimidate me, even if you're my wife. I'm going to surrender myself even more. I'm going to abandon myself in the Lord. I'm going to play and worship and sing before the Lord. You may think it undignified. God thinks it's entirely dignified. It's what he called for. He delights in the dance. He delights. He takes pleasure in those who praise him. Make his praise glorious. Make his praise glorious. I wonder, are we still offering to the Lord what we did years ago when we first got saved or even five years ago the same worship same manner have we gone further have we become more dignified in his sight have we surrendered ourselves more can we stand in his presence longer can we offer the incense longer can we magnify the lord but can we proclaim his promises longer or are we still giving him the same sacrifice David said, I will become even more surrendered and abandoned to God than I am right now because I'm moving on with God. The way of the Lord is in my heart. Watchman Nee was asked, do you want to be used of God? He said, yes, but there is something I want more, to pour all I have to him, and if that be all, it is enough. Some people think the greatest 
thing in the world, in the kingdom, is to be used of God. And it's wonderful to be used of God. But there is something more important than that. For our first ministry is unto him. Do you want to be used of God? Yes, but there is something I want more. To pour all I have to him, and if that be all, it is enough. Make his praise glorious. Sunday's coming. Let's go up to the testimony, the word of the Lord. Let's go up to the preaching of the word and hear the word of the Lord. Sunday's coming. Let's make his praise glorious. Sunday's coming. Number three, pray for the peace of the heavenly Jerusalem, the church. Pray for the peace of the city of God, the church. New Covenant language. Psalm 122, 6-9. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Now we must understand the Jerusalem of the New Covenant. This is Old Testament language, and the people were encouraged and told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But that's not a new covenant mandate that we pray for the city over in the land of Israel. Now you can, just like you pray for any other city. But it's no more important than any other city on this world. God wants to save all nations of the world. When he's talking now, as we take this old covenant language of Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That is, pray for the city of God. Pray for the church. Pray for the people of God. Pray for the heavenly Jerusalem. For the Bible says, we have come, Hebrews 12, 22, unto Mount Zion, and we have come to the city of God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Pray for the people of God. Pray for yourselves. Pray for the blessing of the Lord. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Pray peace be within your wall. Pray prosperity be within your palaces. Call to prayer by the Lord. Sunday's coming. Let's go up to the prayer service. Let's go up to the house of God. You know, when you think about it, we have so little time for corporate prayer. Out of the, all the hours of our week, we have so few hours for corporate prayer when we can gather as the people of God and unite our hearts and in one great offering of prayer minister unto the Lord together. What do we have? Tuesday night prayer service, 7 till 8.30, one and a half hours. Sunday morning, 9.15 to 10, 45 minutes. Sunday evening, 5.15 to 6, 45 minutes. That's all we have. Let's make the most of it. Let's go up to the house of the Lord. Let's go to the prayer service. We know God calls his people to pray, to gather the congregation to the house of the Lord and to begin to cry out to God for his presence, for his blessing, for his glory. The church gathered in the presence of the Lord to lift up our voice with one accord and to pray the promises of God. Pray for the peace of the church. Pray for the peace, the shalom, the blessing of your family and your lives. Everything else can wait. Everything else can wait. Coffee can wait. Fellowship can wait. Discussion can wait. 
Business can wait. It's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon us. Everything else can wait. Isaiah 62, 6-7. I have set watchmen on your walls, O heavenly Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest. These are God's words. He said, I do not want you to be silent and I want you to give me no rest. Till what? He establishes until he makes his church a praise in the earth. I've set watchmen, watch and pray on your walls. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Amplified version. I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day or night. You who are his servants, and by your prayers, listen to this, put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. That's what the Bible says. Put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silence and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise in the earth. Put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silence. Give him no rest. You say, I just think the blessing of God just automatically falls on my life somehow. There is a general blessing that rests upon our life. But if we want the fullness of God on our life, God responds to desperation. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. God has a principle in the earth. He said, I want my people to plead my promises back to me, and I will respond to them. We must learn to plead the promises of God. We must stay active in pleading the promises of God back to him and in invoking his name, in pulling down those promises upon our lives, making them part of our spirit, bringing them, calling them down into our family, into our own life, into our situations. God responds to people who plead his promises. He's the one who said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. This is a principle of God. Israel knew God by his acts, but Moses knew God by his ways. Let him that glories glory in this, that he knows and understands me. That he knows and understands me. And one of the ways of God, one of the avenues by which he moves in our lives is that we take hold of his promises and we begin to plead those promises back to him and we hold them before him and we cry for the fulfillment of those promises. Surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after Abraham had patiently endured, confessing the promises, invoking the name of the Lord, for the Bible says Abraham pitched his tent, built an altar, and invoked the name of the Lord. El Shaddai, be my God. 
Come nourish her. Come bless her. Come pour into my family. Come, El, be my help. Come, God of heaven, and minister unto me. Strengthen my family. Increase my possessions. Bless my goods. Bless my inheritance in the earth. After he had patiently endured, he received the promise. God loves to hear his people plead his promises back to him. To take the scriptures and begin to take the promises and say, God, this is what you said. I ask it to be fulfilled on my life, on my family, in my spirit, in my body, in my enterprises. Invoke the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. All the promises of God in Christ are yes. And in him, amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in Christ are yes. But how much more substantially and practically true in those who utter the amen, in those who say, so be it to the word of God. Lord, this is what you said. Do as you will. God said when he gave promises to Israel in Ezekiel 36, great and wonderful promises of restoration and cure and life. He said, I will for this yet be inquired of by the house of Israel. God says, I've set my promises, but now I'm waiting for the inquiry of Israel to call on my name concerning those promises, and I will bring them to fulfillment. Pray for the peace of the church. Pray for the shalom of the church, the blessing of your lives. Charles Spurgeon said, Every promise of Scripture is a writing of God, which may be pleaded before him with this reasonable request, Do as thou hast said. Every promise of Scripture is a writing of God which may be pleaded before him with this reasonable request, do as thou hast said. The Heavenly Father will not break his word to his own child. Let's have the worship ministry come. So we close out with Isaiah 58, 13 to 14. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call Sunday a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's stand together this morning. Sunday's coming. Let's go up to the testimony of Israel, the word of God. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Lord, adding to our lives strength and principle and word so we can come out of our simpleness. Simpletons no more. Men and women that are wise in the word of the Lord walk in the ways of God. Make his praise glorious. How fully can I praise the Lord today?
How much can I give to my Heavenly Father in worship and adoration? What refreshing can I bring on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as I stand and worship and magnify them? Heart overflowing with gratitude. Place of prayer. The Bible says Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. It was time for prayer. It was time to seek the Lord. Let's honor the Lord. Let's honor the Lord. Them that honor me, I will honor. Day to be steadfast in the kingdom. Day to strengthen our families. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We don't take our cue from how other people live, how other Christians live. We have one standard, the Holy Word of God. Walk in the ways of the Lord and serve Him. Lord, as statement came today that we would be delighted to pour all we have out to you. If that is all, that be enough. The altars are open this morning. Anyone here that wants to give their life to Christ, follow Jesus as your Savior? Anyone that needs some renewal, commitment to the Lord, address some things in your life that shouldn't be there and say, I want to serve the Lord with all my heart. It's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. The altars are open, please. If you have any needs for any prayer, physical healing, would like prayer for some situation, please slip out from where you are as well. And let's close out this service and surrender to the Lord. Blessing to him right now.